On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Before we begin today's podcast, in the spirit of reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners today. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Welcome to our second ever episode of Monday Mindset. Really, really excited to have you here. Now, if you are a new listener, I would say go back and listen to the first Monday Mindset episode before listening to this one because this kind of follows on. So last week on Monday, we were talking about decision-making and how to kind of move forward with making informed decisions. And this week we're talking about productivity. But part of what I was saying last week relates to procrastination, how we can kind of be a bit idealistic, how we can stall making decisions. And that ties into what we're talking about today in relation to productivity, but not just productivity, productivity specifically for people who are running their own business. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Hopefully you've listened to that Monday episode. Same thing, if you if you didn't, I know because I put out quite a few episodes, you might not have gotten to that one yet. Um, but if you haven't yet, have a listen to the first Monday Mindset episode as well. If you haven't had a chance to uh, hit the subscribe button or the follow button, uh, make sure you do that so you keep up to date with all the latest episodes. Uh, please consider leaving a positive rating and review for the show. It really, really helps to grow the show. Uh, the show's been charting again in New Zealand and Australia for entrepreneurship over the last week. So thank you to everyone who has been downloading, listening, rating, reviewing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you want to kind of, you know, if you're kind of like, I'm a fan, like I listen to all of these episodes, this really, really helps me with my business please consider supporting me on Ko-fi. I'm really focusing on moving towards content creation now. So basically my goal is that I do three things moving forward. I'm not quite there yet, but this is my goal. So one is this podcast show, two is my YouTube channel, and three is my membership site. Uh, Two of those are relying on me being able to get viewers and listeners and things like that. And the podcast doesn't really make money without contributions. So uh, I I will be looking potentially for sponsors, but I don't want to have to rely on sponsors. uh, And I always want to make this show available to everyone. So please do consider heading over to Ko-fi. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress and buying me a cup of coffee once a month. Really, really helps. 
All right, so uh, let's get on to the main part of the show. So first off, let's talk about some common challenges with productivity when you're running a small business. Now, I'm going to talk about this from the context of largely being at home as well because that's how most of us operate, not just because of COVID, but also like just makes business sense at the beginning, right? Like you don't want to spend all this money on rent unless you have to, unless that's the kind of business you run. I know for a lot of people who listen to this show, uh, you're probably online and doing remote work. And I think, you know, again, for a lot of us, we're looking more and more at how to make that work better. So I want to talk about that. So I think one of the big challenges, especially when you're first starting off, or maybe even if you're like, I've still got my job, but I'm trying to do my business stuff on the side, is that it can be a bit like, wait, what do I need to do? What, where do I actually, where do I start? I remember when I first started working in my business, I was living with my best friend in Ramwick in Sydney. And I'd just been, you know, I had been used to commuting to Chatswood every day. And suddenly I had all this time and I was okay in the morning because I would like usually walk my friend to the bus stop and I'd like grab a coffee and come back home. And I'd be okay for a little bit, probably like nine or 10 o'clock because I kind of had the caffeine buzz. And then it got to, it was usually around 11 and the sun, I remember the sun looked a certain way in my apartment and it was just like, oh, like this is the lull time of the day. And I am someone who's quite extroverted. So I, I need people around. And I remember finding it really hard. I actually had a business partner at the time, but even that, like he was in Manly and, you know, we would talk on the phone and stuff. I just remember feeling really isolated. And I remember feeling like there's so much to do. I don't know where to start. And it kind of ties in with what I was talking about last week as well when we feel like overwhelmed with like sort of the possibilities it can be really hard to make a decision so it's the same like we're kind of like we essentially are in a decision making mode what I've got a limited amount of time in the day what do I need to do first now if you add other layers on top of this like if you've got kids or if you've got pets you know it can get even more so like that because it might be like the baby's asleep for an hour, so I need to get all this stuff done. I'm not a parent. I'm not going to pretend I know what it's like, but I used to work in a field where I talk quite a lot with mums. So I've heard secondhand from mums how hard that is. And and dads, probably largely I've heard more stories from mums about it than dads. Um, but just that kind of first year can be really, really tricky. So Regardless, this will help you, but just know that I I haven't got firsthand experience with being a parent. Um, so we feel really overwhelmed, and we're kind of like, okay, like how do I get how do I get stuff done? Um, and so then we kind of actually end up doing nothing. We're in that paralysis state. We're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. So really important, firstly, that we have that knowledge from last week about like, all right, let me just actually work work through the decision-making process a little bit. And this can take five minutes, right? But actually taking a moment to sit down, write down, what do I need to do? I don't want to go too much into solutions yet because I want to still paint the picture of the challenges, but what do I actually need to do? What's the most important thing? Okay, let me start with that. So there is a decision-making element in this. The other challenge can be that it's we kind of are dealing with a lot of interruptions. So this is probably more common for people who are further into their business. This is something that I've had a lot of challenges with and I know a lot of clients do 
is like the phone interruptions, the email interruptions, uh, the meetings that you have to go to and kind of finding it hard to find space in your day to actually get the work you need to get done, done. The good news is working from home, people are generally a lot more productive and we actually generally have less interruptions at work. Again, depends on your home situation, but research shows that people who work from home get more done in their day. In fact, in the office, people only get about three to four hours of productive work done in the day maximum. So it's basically like half the day you wouldn't even need to be there. Imagine that if you only went to work for three or four hours. The other thing on the, the, this is kind of what I did, the other challenge and the other thing you need to be wary of is that you can have this real like, because being productive can feel a bit like, oh yeah, I'm smashing this, can actually be a bit addictive. And what can happen is you can end up working really long hours. So you can work like 13, 14, 15 hours in a day. And we saw even a lot of people who are uh, office workers who are then working at home doing that. They actually, I think they had to bring laws in. Um, Floris Block talked about this a while back um, when I did one of the panel shows in season two about, you know, they had to bring laws in, I think, in France because um, people were just expected to work all the time and people were working all the time. So it's like eight o'clock at night, you get a call from your boss. Oh, yeah, okay, sure, I'll jump on the computer and do that. So we need to be careful of like, separating that work life thing and I've fallen into that trap so many times of going oh I'm I've got a good day today I'm being really productive how can I be more productive and get more stuff done so I can keep getting that little dopamine hit of like tick 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 I've done all the things so there's some of the the challenges I want to talk a little bit more about interruptions now and a little bit about the sort of neuroscience, neuropsychology behind why certain things make us more productive. And then we can talk about some of the things you can actually do. Um, But probably even before we get there, let's just talk about some of the benefits of being productive. I'm sure like you're pretty aware of like what it feels like when you have a really productive day, but it's actually like being productive isn't just about ticking things off off your list, right? Because there's always things you can put on your list. Being truly productive is actually working in that zone where you can best serve. That's how I see it. It's like, because you could do lots of things that seem to be productive, you know, or kind of like busy work. So I think like Stephen Covey talks about this in First Things First, right? You can do a lot of tasks like, oh, I did another task, but is that task actually meaningful? and actually valuable. So the benefit of being truly like mindfully productive is that you're going to be able to make more money. (laughs) Like not just as in like, oh, if I can call another six people today, I'm going to make more money. It's like, no, your business starts to do better because you're starting to prioritize what's important and urgent and important and not urgent over the things that are not important and urgent and not important and not urgent. That's sort of the quadrant that Stephen Covey talks about in First Things First. So uh, to give, just to illustrate that a little bit, like important, urgent would be like my client is having problems. They've emailed me about an urgent issue that will affect our relationship. I need to get back to them. I need to respond quickly. An example of something that would be important and not urgent is like strategy. 
is like, what are my goals? Is like things like listening to this podcast, right? Like how do I improve things moving forward? How do I build my brand? How do I show up uh, more present at work? How do I make these long-term strategic decisions that are going to benefit me down the track? Urgent but not important are a lot of phone calls and emails. So there's a lot of things that happen that are actually like just a complete waste of time, but they seem urgent. So I can't tell you how many times I've had a phone call that like interrupts things and it's like either someone's spamming or it's like someone who could have just, that I didn't have to get back to them straight away, but it seems urgent because they've called me, right? And it's it's disrupted everything I'm doing and it just, it, one of those things that I really, really dislike is getting unscheduled phone calls. An example of something that's not important, not urgent, is a lot of that busy work that often we do when we're anxious or when we're not sure of ourselves. And that's why I was saying before, like when you kind of feel overwhelmed, it's like, okay, what do I do? Sitting in that space can feel really hard. What do I do? I feel like this feels really voidy. <laughs> it feels like I'm in a void all of a sudden. What do I do? Oh, okay, I'll um I'll just switch the TV on. I'll just jump on Facebook. Now, there's legitimate reasons to be on Facebook, but if you're just going on Facebook to like check how many people liked your most recent post, then not the best use of time. And I don't mean that to sound like judgmental. Like I do this all the time. Like I'm like, oh, I just, I don't really know what to do. I've got five minutes to spare. I'm just going to jump on YouTube and check my stats because that makes me feel good because I'm like, oh, cool, like this video is doing really well. Awesome. You know, and like, yes, I need to look at the analytics, but do I need to look at it like five times a day? No, but sometimes I do that. And that tells me like, okay, there's other stuff going on here. I might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. I might be feeling a bit anxious. I'm looking for that distraction. So that's that kind of like not important, not urgent stuff. So let's talk a little bit about how the brain works and how the brain sort of prioritizes things and how the brain kind of deals with tasks and creative work as well. I talked a little bit about this on Dan Lenny's show and I also talked about this on um, YouTube in a video I did ages ago about um, productivity and how the brain works. I'll link it in here if you want to check it out. Um, it's based off uh, one of my favorite books of all time, which is The Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin where he sort of talks about these two different modes that our brain can be in. So the first mode is the executive mode. Now, the executive mode is really, really good at getting stuff done. It's also the mode that is very easily distracted, right? So this is often our work mode. <laughs> We're kind of like, all right, got to get that email out, going to go write that email, do, 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 get that done. All right, what do I need to do next? Oh, I need to do some other task, right? And it's it's great at, at getting shit done, but it's not good at problem solving. It's not good at being creative and it's not great at like, it's it can, it, it's not like it, it can be, you can be focused in the executive mode, but it's just that because those tasks can be a bit monotonous, you can also have like your brain kind of try to switch out of executive mode. So after a while, you might kind of go like, oh, did I like leave the oven on? Let me just go check that. Those kind of thoughts, those interruptive thoughts, like if someone else isn't interrupting you, we can interrupt ourselves as well, right? And it's like you remember something and then you're like, oh, I should do that. 
and you kind of then move on to that. I'll talk, I'll come back to that in a second, but first let me talk about the other mode of thinking. So the other main mode that we operate in is mind wandering mode. Now mind wandering mode is where we do some fantastic creative problem solving. It's where we get lots of ideas and it's where it's kind of like, so if you're on a walk and you're kind of just like, you know, sometimes you're on a walk and then you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I got this far in the walk. You're kind of in your head and you're just almost like daydreaming. Um, that's your mind wandering mode. You're in the shower and you're kind of just enjoying the shower. That's your mind wandering mode. And that mode is much better at figuring stuff out than the executive mode. So let's say, for instance, you're like, you've got this problem. You're trying to write an email to like address this problem that a client has. And you're like, I don't know exactly how to explain this. I don't even know exactly how to like solve this problem for them. I don't really know what to say, but it's on my list to do. Then you might spend a lot of time trying to bang that email out in your executive mode. Where if instead you're kind of like, I'm getting a bit stuck. Let me just go take a five minute break do something completely different. Like I'll just wash some dishes, I'll jump in the shower, I'll go for a swim, go for a little walk, whatever it is. Even if you're like thinking about something completely different, often your brain will come up with the answer. Oh, I know what I need to do. I kind of call it like my incubation process. Like sometimes I don't know how to solve that. I say this to clients sometimes like, what do you think my event should be about? Or what do you think this piece of content should be about? I'm like, I don't know, let me incubate it for a while. It's in my head now, so I will think about it, but I'm not going to consciously try to solve that problem on the phone with you because like that's not how that works. That's not how my creative process works. It's not how our creative brain works. So we actually just need to like let it sit there sometimes. It doesn't mean like sit there and do nothing. We need to do the executive mode stuff. But if you get stuck on a problem, using a mind wandering mode can be a lot more useful. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, go check out The Organized Mind. It's an amazing book. So, so good. Um, I have tried to read Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, um, which I talked about with Brian Fretwell a little bit a while back in our interview. Uh, he kind of raised it uh, like off the cuff and I was like, <laughs> we had a separate chat about it and I was like, oh man, one of the things that annoys me about Kahneman's book is like, he it's very hard to like it's not very accessible and I'm like for someone who's talking about so Kahneman's the guy who like he won a Nobel Prize and stuff but like he's the guy that talks about system one and system two thinking which you might have heard of before and it's kind of like this the whole point around this is like to explain that system two thinking which is kind of like you know if I said count backwards in sevens from 200, you'd be engaging system two thinking. It's like that requires a bit of work, a bit of heavy lifting. It's like his whole book requires system two thinking. I'm like, I don't understand why he did that. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant guy, but still like, come on, that this is your area of expertise. Make it interesting, make it interesting to read. So the organized mind to me was much, much more accessible than thinking fast and slow. And thinking fast and slow does talk about some of these things as well. So you could go and read that book but I recommend reading The Organized Mind if you're interested in it. End of book tangent. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the other thing with the executive mode is that, like I mentioned this briefly, it's not good at doing more than one thing at a time. So I think this is a point I said I would come back to. So because it's not very good at doing more than one thing at a time, uh, 
if we get interrupted or if we go and do something else, it's going to be really hard for us to like juggle those tasks. It creates quite a lot of stress and you'll know what this feeling feels like. If you think about you're halfway through uh, writing, let's say, let's say you're putting out a LinkedIn post and you're like kind of like in your in the zone trying to work out like what you're writing and you might be even thinking like a couple of sentences ahead oh yeah I'm going to say this 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 and this then I'm going to use these hashtags post and then halfway through that post of writing that post you get interrupted an email comes through or a message comes through and you're like oh like that's actually important like say if you get a message as you're writing that and the message says um hey, just had a look at your proposal, a few questions for you, right? So it's like to do with a sale and you're like, oh, that's important. Like this is, this is a prospect. I need to get back to them. You're going to find it really hard to finish that LinkedIn post. But the thing is, is now you've got like two things in your head. You've got two open tasks. So I think it was last week I mentioned Gestalt. Maybe it was in another episode, but uh, so gestalt therapy might've heard of it before, but it's this idea of like us needing to have stories finished, you know, sort of like if you're, if you're, um, hungry and you don't eat, uh, you don't feel very satisfied with the fact that you haven't eaten. Uh, you're also like biologically hungry, but that's just an example. It, you don't finish the story, right? So then it's like, I'm hungry and that story hasn't finished. So now that's going to take up part of my brain space. I've got this LinkedIn post open. I need to finish it. I need to come back to that, but I haven't got, I've got to get back to this person now who's just messaged me because I just saw it. And now I'm thinking about that. And then say, as you're getting back to that person, you have an email come through and the email is like, our website's just crashed. Need your help with this. Let's say, let's say you help with websites, right? Oh, okay. Shit. I better go help that person do that. Now you've got three open tasks and a lot of people will work like that to the point where you have five, 10 tasks open and all of those tasks aren't completed. So now you feel really agitated and you're like, I just, I haven't gotten anything done. You know that feeling where you're like, I haven't gotten anything done today. It's usually that you've done parts of lots of stories. You've opened up all these tasks, but you haven't completed any of them or you've only completed a few. And for your executive mode brain, that's really difficult. It's really difficult to juggle all of that stuff. So you're using a lot of energy just to have all these open tasks open, you know? And so again, going back to my point before, being productive isn't about being busy. It's not about having all these tasks open. It's actually about being able to continuously be mindful and prioritize and make decisions that are going to help you best navigate the day. So let's talk about a few solutions to this. I've already mentioned, I've started kind of talking a little bit solution, which just happens when I do this style of podcast, but let's talk about it a little bit more. So one of the most practical tools I've found is having a bullet journal. Um, I've done a video about this. I did it. I recorded it when I was kind of first starting and I actually started off doing a digital bullet journal first. I've ended up using an analog bullet journal and I probably should do a separate video about that about why I swapped but I haven't done that yet but if you just look up I think it's like bulletjournal.com um there's a guy who's like written a book of like it's his his kind of thing uh I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he has video about it he like talks through 
how to set it up. It's pretty simple. As long as you have a book, you can essentially start doing a bullet journal right away. Um, it's been super, super helpful for me. It's similar to writing a list, but it's just with a few extra little things that help to be a little bit more mindful and make sure you're carrying over with tasks. In the YouTube video, other YouTube video I mentioned before, I also talk through another system uh, that you can do with like index cards to kind of keep tasks on track as well. Um, so you can have a look at that. Both of the links I'll put in the show notes as well. Um, but that's something really, really practical just in terms of being like, what do I need to get done today? Let me start there. The benefit of doing that is it gets everything out of your head. So if you're trying to hold all of this stuff in your head, your brain's like, this is actually taking up a lot of energy, like I mentioned before. It's not a nice feeling. So when that message pops up, that's like, hey, I've got a few questions about the proposal and you're like in the middle of your LinkedIn post. What I would do in that situation now is I just quickly write down, like my bullet journal sits next to me all day and I just add tasks. So I go, right, message back, you know, Sarah about proposal. Okay, cool. Like now it's on my list. I'm not going to forget it. Just by doing that simple thing of writing it down. Now it's a task that I haven't started, but I know I will start because it's on my list today. And the other great thing about it is because you've written a list down of everything that you're doing in your day, if you don't get something done, you can just move it to the next day. So it's like, oh, okay, like here's the priorities. Here's the things that I'm like, I'd like to get that done today. But if I can't get it done, I'll do it tomorrow. Other super useful thing you can do is group tasks. So if you put similar tasks together, your brain kind of likes that because it's like, cool, I'm doing a similar thing I'm already in this flow state. I'm not jumping from one type of thing to another. So for instance, I tend to do all my website updatey stuff together. So if I'm doing like a client's like, can you help with this website thing? And then I'm like, I'm doing stuff on my website and um, I've got to publish something. I group all those tasks together so that I'm in that like, oh, that's my website time. Also, website updates are actually something that I can do pretty easily. So I might like listen to some music while I'm doing that. It might be when I'm not in my best thinking mode. I'm more kind of like around my 2.30, itis post-lunch phase of work. I'm not very productive in the afternoons. It's not my favorite time to work. So those kinds of tasks are good because I'm like, I can actually do this and maybe even watch a show while I'm doing this. This is super easy for me. But if I was doing something like this, I need to do this in the morning. Because if I do it late at night, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm tired. I'm not in the right frame of mind. If I do it in the morning after I've had a coffee and gone for a swim, I'm like full of energy and I can like show up and do my best work here. So um, so that actually there's two things I covered there. There's one, which is like group similar tasks together, but two also find the right time of day to do things as well. Another one might be emails. So emails are super, super distracting. So what I ended up doing for emails was I actually, like, because I've got a Mac. So I, like, turned off Mac mail because it was causing me all these problems anyway. So I just never have that app open. I have Gmail and then Gmail I can close. So I don't get notifications all the time about who's emailing me. So I choose certain times to go on and check my emails. And then I answer a bunch of emails and then I don't check it again for a while. 
So, uh, and, and people know I'm not like someone who gets back to email straight away. One other thing that I do, like if you've, if you reach out to connect with me on LinkedIn, you might have noticed this. So I'm on LinkedIn every day, but I don't accept request requests every day. So I get about, I'd say probably like 20 connection requests per week, something like that. And what I do now is I just go through and like at a day or when I'm in the mood to like be connecting with people and reaching out to people, I go and I'm like, okay, cool. Like I've got 10 or 15 people who've reached out, whatever. And because I always get back to people with a voicemail. So I'm like, I'll do that all in one go. And it's like, I've done my 15 voicemails. Okay, great. And then those people come back to me at different times, but I kind of don't, if I just responded to everyone whenever they message me, it wouldn't be very useful. So it's just like particular time of day, set that time aside to do those things. Okay, so we've talked about, oh, okay. So other things. So, so far we've talked about bullet journal, grouping tasks, picking your time of day. Another really, really useful thing is the Pomodoro method. So I learned about this actually when I was in high school, but my husband reminded me of it because he was doing like studying and working full time at one point and he just had a lot on his plate. And he's like, the only way I get my study done is using the Pomodoro method. I was like, oh yeah, what's that again? (laughs) And he's like, so basically I think for him, he does it like 30 minutes and then a 10 minute break or five minute break. Um, Some people might do 90 minutes, but essentially what you do is you like put a timer on, you're like, okay, I'm working. I'm working for the next 45 minutes, let's say. And then your alarm goes off. You can even set a timer on Google. Your alarm goes off after 45 minutes and then you're like, cool, I'm going to have a break. When you have that break, it's not a break to go on social media. It's not a break to like go and watch TV. It's a break to get away from screens. So you want to like, and away from books as well. It's not a a time that you want to like start picking up a book to read. It's like go for a little walk, make yourself a cup of tea, do some dishes, do those kind of mind wandering activities. Just like get out of executive mode essentially. So you do that, you might time that as well. One thing that I was doing for a while was like stretches because I was having all these back problems from sitting at my desk all the time. So I was like, okay, that's when I'll do my stretches. I'll do it in my break. Um, It's also really nice for your brain because you get like some endorphins going from doing a bit of exercise and then you can go back to work. So one more super practical thing I want to share with you. There's so many more. I've actually written an article about this as well, so I can link that as well. But these are the ones that I'm like, I'm just like, these are the most helpful. Um, So the other big thing that I do, I mentioned how much I hate phone calls before, is I don't do unscheduled phone calls. The only time I will pick up the phone is if like a VIP calls me. And I mean like VIP as in my mum, my husband, my um, siblings, and like maybe some friends. But even with my friends, sometimes I don't do that because it's too, I find it too distracting. Um, so it's like a handful of people, you know, like the kind of people that like once upon a time we had speed dial, like that kind of thing. Who are the people that you're like, I would answer this. I would drop everything to, to answer the phone for. That's it. They're the only people I answer the phone for in an, un, like for if, if it's being interrupted, if, if it's like anyone else, I mean, sometimes I don't answer the phone for them either. Um, but it just depends. Like it depends uh, what the, what the context is and what's happening and stuff. Um, that might sound really harsh, but 
honestly, as a creative, like I don't know how else creatives would get any work done because so much of my work requires stuff like this. Like how would I answer the phone while I'm in the middle of talking on a podcast, right? Like that, if I did that, that would be massively disruptive to like my state of flow. You guys wouldn't get as good a show. Like it just doesn't work. So what I did, because I was getting really like annoyed at people for calling me and I'm like, hang on, this is my problem. Like I'm not setting a clear boundary here. So what I did is I uh, actually decided to record a new message on a voicemail message and my voicemail message says g'day Lauren Cress, a business scientist here thanks so much for your call <laughs> it's going to be hard for, to catch me on the phone uh so if you have an urgent uh inquiry you want to get in touch with me straight away send me a text message otherwise head over to laurencress.com and book in a call that's it I think I like I say it a little bit differently that's essentially what I say I'm like Booking a call. Like if it's important enough for me to sit down and intentionally spend time with you, we need to set up a meeting because that's how I like to show up. I like to show up with intention to focus in on that one person. And if someone calls me off the cuff and they're in a completely different headspace, then I have to first work out what headspace they're in, figure out what their problem is, and then try to help them on the phone it's just not how I want to be spending my time. So I'm like, no, book in a meeting. If it's not important enough to book in a meeting, it's not important enough to call me essentially. Otherwise you can put it in an email. Um, that's That's been super, super helpful for me. Now, depending on what you do, it's going to depend on how that works. But ultimately I believe that as entrepreneurs, as business owners, like we need to be really conscious of how we show up. And, you know, when we're doing things like live streams, when we're doing things like copywriting, when we're doing things like we've got so many things to do. And if we're just answering the phone or we're just like randomly kind of responding to things when we're in a completely different headspace, I don't know that we really can put our best foot forward. So, yeah, that's that's what I do. So I've been talking for a while now, <laughs> so I, I probably should wrap, wrap this up relatively soon um but I think one final thing I would say if you're working at home this was something that was really really helpful for me if you're the person who's like yeah sure I can be productive but I need 14 hours to do it is you it is important to have some boundaries around your day and uh also consider trying to have a space that you can like close off from the rest of your life so for me I have an office space and I can close the door I share the office space at the moment with my husband when we move, so we're moving to Queensland in uh, January, I'm going to have my own studio and my own space. And that's really exciting for me because I'm like, that actually makes a massive difference to my work and the way I show up and the way I work. So um, think about that. If you're kind of like, I don't have an office, like I don't have um, the space to do that. There's other things you can do. So you could look at having like um, a desk that folds away you could look at having a corner of your lounge room that's set up for work that you can like either cover or put behind a screen or that sits behind a wall of plants or something. So it's kind of like just not it's it's so hard to like not be tempted to get back on your computer. So when it's in another room and you need to go into another room, that just really, really helps. That's what I found anyway. But what I used to do was I used to have like a corner of the lounge room that was like my 
office space and we had two bedrooms. So we had like one bedroom was a guest bedroom and the other bedroom was our bedroom. And we basically decided that we would sleep in the guest bedroom and that our main bedroom would become our office. And that's how we kind of worked around that because it was just so much more productive and so much better for me, mental health wise, so much better as well. Um, there's heaps more productivity stuff out there, but the big thing I wanted to cover today was around just understanding that there's different modes that your brain is in and that when you start to work with your brain instead of against your brain, you can get a lot more done. I will end this podcast on the note of no one can multitask. So, because there's this big thing about like, oh, I'm a man, I can't multitask or, oh, I'm a woman, so I can multitask. Like that seems to be pretty common in our culture anyway, in Australia. Um, no one can multitask. What the, the, Basically in the brain, you can, you, you can switch between tasks, right? But, and some people are better at switching between tasks quite quickly and it seems like they're multitasking, but they're still juggling. So when we're talking about those open tasks, um, some people might be like, oh no, I can handle three open tasks at the same time. It's like, actually you're putting your brain under a lot more strain than it needs to be. Just do one thing at a time and you'll find that you get a lot more done. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you enjoyed this show, please consider sharing it with someone, give it to them as a little Christmas gift. Here's a podcast to listen to. It's free. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday. I'm going to share a, I feel like we need to still do the business stuff, right? So I'm going to share the interview I did with Perry Pappist last week. Had quite a lot of people tune into that, which was awesome about sales and sales strategy and understanding that and also some sales mindset stuff as well. I know you guys will love that. So that will be out on Wednesday. But until then, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Catch you soon. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Yeah.